My name is Kristen Rulon. I am the founder and CEO of MindStar Health, and you're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Eric Wright. I'm the host here of the Disco Posse Podcast. As we head into this amazing episode, you're going to hear from Kristen Rulon. She's the founder of MindStar and described as the world's first self-care app that pays you back. This is not just about an app. This is not just about self-care. It's a really incredible story. Kristen talks a lot about uh, her journey through postpartum depression, through anxiety, uh, her husband dealing with PTSD, and the way that she attacked this problem personally, and how she chose to actually build an app and start a business wrapped around it. So this is an incredible story, uh, one that everyone should listen to. It's inspiring. We went long because we just there was no reason to stop. I would have gone for hours if I could with Kristen. It's an amazing conversation. With that, enjoy the show. Right, we're live. We're live. We're we're together. We're here. Uh, Kristen yeah. Rulon. Kristen, thank you very much. This is something that I've been extremely excited about. I I looked over what you are doing, what you're building. Uh, I want to introduce my audience to to you, uh, to what you're building with MindStar and why you're doing it, because this is this is really cool uh, and. It, and what's really great for folks that are listening, and, and I definitely recommend you can go to mindstarapp.com, uh, check it out. Uh, we'll talk a lot about it today. More than that, we'll talk about you know, sort of like how it got started, what it's been like for you through this journey. Um, but I'd love to actually, if you would you know, quickly say where people can find you if they want to contact you online uh, and talk about your, your journey to, to building Mindstar, just your personal journey so compelling. And I'd love to actually hear it in your own voice. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for this opportunity. Um, I'm excited. Um, I haven't done too many of these yet, but there's more coming. And I actually have a goal of doing 12 podcasts this year. So I've already got one off my list. So we're good. Nice. <laughs> All right. So I am Krista Rulon. I'm the founder and CEO of, of MindStar Health. Um, as you mentioned, you can go to mindstarapp.com to learn more about our website. Um, it is kind of a one pager at this point, uh, hopefully soon. Um, we'll have a little little sticker that says you can download the app. In fact, I have a version I need to test out after this conversation, actually. So it goes. Um, so my story. Let's go back. I'm going to try to keep this as concise as possible because um, I do. I kind of light up about my story because it's essentially something that is really terrible that I turned into something incredible. Um, 
And I think in life, that's kind of how it works. And we hate, I hate to say that, I'd hate to admit it, but sometimes the worst possible things that can happen to us, um, if we can find the silver lining, whatever that may be, it can actually become a turning point for us and turn into something absolutely incredible. Um, if you were to tell me a couple years ago that I was gonna be in technology, and develop an app, I would have asked you to maybe, you know, to go get your head checked. Maybe you need to <laughs> exactly. You know, like um, my background is journalism. I'm a writer through and through. I'm currently working on two novels because I'm just that crazy. I won't say ambitious, <laughs> although they go hand in hand. Um, so a couple years ago, let's uh, actually about four and a half, I was diagnosed with severe postpartum depression and anxiety from the birth control shot. Now, quick little backstory. This is my third child, um, and my husband and I just wanted to make sure things were covered because we were done having children. And, and so they asked me, you know, they said, okay, well, if you get the shot, if you have a little bit of the baby blues, this could, you know, exacerbate it and give you severe postpartum depression. And my husband had actually just come home from Afghanistan because he's in the military, getting ready to retire very soon at 20 years. I'm so excited. Wow. Counting down. I know he, he signed at 17 and we've had one overseas deployment and several stateside. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Any, any major hurricane my husband's pretty much went to for cleanup. Wow. See, he's, uh, he, he's, you, your family just surrounded by craziness, Ben. You, it uh, is, you, it you is. Up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is coordinated chaos. Whatever you want to call it. It is just, it is something else. But so essentially he had come home and then we found out we we're pregnant with our daughter. We had our daughter and then, you know, they asked me this and I just thought, I raised two small children by myself when my husband was at war. I essentially was at war trying to keep things with a full-time job and two small children at the time, at the time three and four months old when he left. And um, I was like, I've got this. This is just me adjusting to having a third child. And a week later, everything changed. I like to tell people that essentially I was just kind of this mirror, kind of this person that was just very much okay with just, I've got a good job. I've got a husband loves me. I've got my kids. I've got my friends. I've got a house. I don't want to make any waves in my life. Yes, I'm an author. You know, I'd love to have something published, you know, as far as a book, you know, go to the bookstore and there's my book. But other than that, I didn't really have any, any bigger aspirations than that. And I was okay with that. Um, and that a week after that shot was the turning point. Um, and kind of sent me into this whole journey I'm into now. And that is, that is not easy to say, like I mentioned, going through something absolutely terrible. Um, I tell people it's essentially I've been to hell and back um, internally because what happened was I'm a naturally optimistic person. A lot of people tell me they can feel my energy over the phone. Um, this is how I kind of was before, but my purpose has changed slightly since then. So what happened was that I was looking for my daughter's social security card. Um, I couldn't find it, you know, have to get an update on the insurance. I'm panicking, anxiety, sweats, everything, thinking, where the heck is this? And uh, forgive me if my cuss, I don't know. If oh, it's a, I just realized, I forgot to give me that heads up. We're cool. Uh, I, I strapped the old Excel <laughs> signature on here just in case. We've had a couple that have gone over, so I don't mind. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I was all like, I don't cuss a whole lot, but uh, essentially there will be a few uh, H-bombs here and there. Okay, good. Um, but essentially, I was just like, you know, where the hell is this? And my self-talk just changed. And 
I don't know who was talking up there, what was going on, but she was, as I laugh about now, she was very angsty, very emo, very much like just hateful. And I was calling myself uh, certain words that I wouldn't even say out loud. I don't even use in my vernacular now. Like I don't, some of them, I don't even think I've actually said out loud except to my therapist. So Ed, it was like, whoa, you know, and thank goodness I had enough emotional intelligence then because a lot of times our self-talk can kind of sneak up on us and we don't realize what we're saying to ourselves until we start really listening to what we're saying to ourselves and we're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just a total rip to myself. Like I'm supposed to be my best friend and here I am saying all these terrible things. I wouldn't say this to anybody, even someone that I loathed. So um, I went to the doctor and they just said, oh, yeah, sorry, we warned you. Here's some pills and best of luck. Your body could take up to two years for the hormones and the chemicals that were just injecting you from the shot to regulate. Um, and then that's what, that's what started my essentially two years of hell. <laughs> um, uh, and that essentially taught me how incredibly strong I am and how much this, the human spirit um, it's strong and how much of a fighter we are. And we, we don't talk about our resiliency, but my goodness, we are resilient creatures. And so I, uh, I just started researching um, the mind from various aspects. I have a journalism degree. Um, I've worked in the publishing and still in publishing now for more than 12 years. And so I thought, Kristen, you have this kind of this researcher part of your brain, right? Because essentially, um, if you're in the media, if you're a journalist, you're essentially taking, you have to take information, you have to regurgitate it at a sixth grade reading level. So now it's it used to be eighth grade. Now it's sixth grade, but it's- Yeah, grade. that's right. Well, and, <laughs> and to have a critical, a critical eye and a critical sort of thought process on as you're doing it, that like, hey, am I, while I'm delivering at the sixth grade level, do I- do I stand behind the words that I'm saying too? And, and it really makes you like that critical thought process is, is interesting uh, that sometimes people forget versus they just like read it and say it like, Oh, you know, I can repeat it back, but you're, you're responsible for the words because you're a journalist. It's a different sort of uh, a different overhead that you've got when you're actually writing it down versus, you know, uh, other folks that, that may just be like, Oh yeah, I read the thing on the internet and that's, that's what I believe now. Absolutely. And then, you know, especially with um, TV and radio, uh, I mean, they talk about overall, um, the way we receive um, information is more than just words, it's the tone. It's, it's how the words are enunciated. And so there's a whole thing behind that that's intriguing. But um, the point is, I, I took, um, I just started using this, I'm thinking, you have this researcher brain that's really interested and likes to know things, use it. So I started researching um, the mind from various aspects. I've read probably more than a hundred different books, at least now, at least I read about two or three a month. Um, most of them are audio books now and I usually do it while I'm working because I'm not proud of it, but I am a multitasker. <laughs> and so I try to condense things and chunk things into time um, in order to be um, uh, proficient, in order to get things done. So I just started researching the mind from various aspects. And every time I was in a bit of a funk, which back then was very often because they go through the process of this is happening to me and I have no control. There's so many things that happen to us, especially when it happens medically. You know, it, I'm not going to say that it's the same as someone, 
you know, that goes through a traumatic injury that's a physical injury. But there are similarities in the fact that, you know, when you're trying to, you're in recovery, your, your body, your mind, for me, my mind betrayed me. And so it's, you're going through this process of just like, what the hell is this? This is not going to happen because for me, and I don't, I'm not going to say a whole lot about what all I experienced because I know it can be a trigger for some, but what I will say um, is that it was a lot of anxiety and I basically kind of lost trust in myself. I could not watch the news because I didn't trust myself because I became a hypochondriac of what if I go outside and get the Zika virus? Wow, yeah, what yeah. if I do this? And, you know, but essentially I, you know, I knew I was a good person. I knew I was a good a mother and I wasn't going to, this was, and, and, and speaking of the media, a lot of times it, it just irritates me now when they talk about these tragedies and, you know, they talk about someone's mental health. They're like, well, sh she did this terrible act, but she, but, you know, years ago she had postpartum depression. <laughs> and so it really irks me when they try to correlate the two. Um, and because everyone's case is different, but there's so many of us. I mean, now they say that, you know, they, it's one in four of us will experience depression in our lifetime. I like to say everybody does. And I like to just call it bouts of sadness, the clinical depression. It's, I think it's two weeks basically of kind of feeling not yourself and out of it in this fog or however you want to describe it. But I just call it bouts of sadness because I'm a human being and damn it, if it's not hard sometimes to be a human. Right. And I'm allowed to be sad. So I really started exploring the mind. And every time I would kind of get in a funk, which back then was often, I had a 40 minute commute to work and I would just listen to audiobooks, something I could listen to and I could think about, but I was still pay attention when I was driving and um, not get too enamored into the story. Um, but I would just essentially journaling and writing. Um, I started a blog. Um, we have three children and our, one of our uh, ch children is um, autistic. He's on the spectrum. And so, you know, talking about that and how to navigate that and then making me so aware of, of, of you know, how people respond to him and how he honestly doesn't give a shit, which is incredible. I love that about my son, that he does not care at all. Um, and so he's actually taught me a, a lot. So what happened was, is I'm researching, I'm getting better, you know, I'm going to therapy, I am on medication. I'm thinking, at first I tried to fight it naturally, and then I realized on my daughter's first birthday that if I, I refuse to kind of like let this take over, and then this just this, this thing where my daughter's early years are fog. So I got on medication, I said, I need bigger guns, found the right meds, started talking to an incredible therapist. She's never allowed to retire. She's, <laughs> right. she's locked in now <laughs> she's locked in trust me she wants to invest in mind store but ethically she can't <laughs> so she's always like i really wish i could i'm like but i ethically can't i'm like well i'm sorry you are locked in forever when i'm a millionaire and because my insurance does not cover talk therapy through the phone i'm like i'll be able to afford your rates to actually talk to you over the phone and i'll just be talking to you in airports or wherever i'm going and we'll still do sessions but i'll have the money to cover it instead of relying on my insurance so essentially about 18 months ago is when all so i'm doing all this work you know i'm starting blogging more i started putting some of my personal work as writing out there so now i can see how i was kind of recovering in different ways and how putting myself out there and doing more brave things kind of these little steps everyone talks about taking this big move and big moves can do big things but it's those little things that we do 
that can actually make the most impact. And if I hadn't have made the choice, right, to step up and say, I deserve better than this, this is crap. I can't help this is happening to me, but what I'm going to do is I'm just basically gonna flood my brain with all the science about the mind and the spiritual aspects and psychological aspects about the brain and how it works and um, just really start annoying my friends with all these random facts now I have about the brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that it's so true that we, as you learn the stuff, one of the best things is kind of like proselytizing, you know, as, as some would call it, or, or just evangelizing this idea, like, oh my God, I've got this amazing thing and I've learned. And like, and part of it is just, you have to do that as a, as you share that information, it, it helps you to kind of cement, like, am I thinking about this right? And it is kind of neat to bounce it off. But it's funny, I've got a lot of friends who are like, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> and like, no, aren't you, aren't you excited by this? <laughs> right. And they're like, so where do you want to go for dinner? Well, hang on. I'm not finished. Like, you know, and they're like, yeah, that's great. You know, my husband is, is great for that. He is different. He's not, well, we're all creative in some way. He's creative more in the kitchen and gardening and all those things. And, and I'm creative in various aspects. I, I paint, I write, I'm, I do all kinds of things. Um, and stuff. So yeah, he, he was the brunt of that. And he's used to me being so creative, kind of like, okay, I have this idea. And he's like, okay, let's hear it. <laughs> and then he kind of t- talks me down, so to speak. I like to t- tell people that he is my rock, essentially, and I'm this balloon up in the sky with this string, and I need my rock. To- otherwise, this, this, this balloon's going to go everywhere. And so 18 months ago, I, I mean, I remember it like it was just, gosh, it was yesterday. I came home from working out. I was working on some some dinner. My husband is gone for his work often, so it was just me and my children. And my oldest handed me this worksheet um, that he had done for summer school, and it had a star on it. And he's like, "Look!" And it was something to do with, you know, not just about his academics. It was also about his behavior. Like, oh, I did this and this, and then look, I got this for good behavior. And I I looked at it and said where the hell is my star for being an adult? Yeah, and yes. That, and that question changed everything because from then my brain just went. And I saw, um, I used to get a, a makeup, like a monthly subscription in the mail. And I saw like this pink packaging and just kind of stuck out to me on my dining room table. And, I, and then that's when it hit me of, couldn't businesses do more to celebrate us in our personal development journey? And so I just got my, I got a, I have a, I do, I have a journal. I call it the million dollar idea journal. It should be more like billion dollar now, but you know, I'm still happy with a million. So let's, so I'll just write down random things. And now that I see that I've been doing this since I was a teenager, I've essentially been in kind of an, in an entrepreneurial mindset my entire life. I just didn't know it. And so I just thought I was just solving problems, like how to keep your socks together. That's right. It just seemed like that's what it's, that's the most hilarious thing is that when you, I talked to so many folks and that's the thing and they're like, you do realize that you've effectively started like 19 small businesses. You just didn't like it. They didn't seem that way when you were doing it. They're like, Oh oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know. Before that, it was this whole thing. It was this magnetic carrier that carried your makeup. And so it kept it all together in your purse. So then you could just roll out this magnetic strip and it had all your makeup there. 
But if you needed to go do your, and like, so I was, and I tried making that and that was an interesting, that's a whole other thing. But, and that failed horribly because I have no idea about the, the science about how magnets work. <laughs> but I know that they work. <laughs> so, but anyways, the point is yes. So yeah, I had this. And so I just started going with it, thinking about, you know, our personal development journey and looking at different apps that were out there. And what I did, this is the Cinderella part that I'm going to turn into a children's book instead of getting a man, she got a company instead. Um, I, I put it on Instagram. So, you know, as most things, as a writer, as a creative, I feel like you automatically get this badge. Like you're, there's a, like, you're afraid to share. Like you're just like, you're, you're very hesitant to expose yourself to the world. And now with social media, it's like, we all want to digest everyone's creativity. And it's like, you need to keep some of it for yourself. Not all of it's meant to be out there for everyone to, to Everybody's enjoy. living their best timeline, right? Uh, <laughs> right. So I, I did, I put, I took that risk. I was like, okay, you know what? I really like this idea of some sort of reward incentive app. I had this limiting belief that I was like, I'm a writer, a creative, I'm not an app developer. So I'm going to put this on Instagram. I'm going to put it out into the universe and somebody will tell me it already exists. I'll download the app. I'll use it. I'll get free stuff. It'll be amazing. I did and nothing. Um, I reached out to a couple other people. You know, at this point I've been doing this personal development. So I had made kind of formed kind of a community or had Facebook groups or a lot of my friends are therapists now. And so, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, what about this? And they had never heard of it. They had heard of similar apps, but nothing specifically from what I was doing. And it had been a couple months and then this company in Silicon Valley found me through the hashtag app idea. And now I can picture everyone else just taking their app ideas and using that hashtag. <laughs> That's, it's going to be littered there. all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> the hashtag app idea is going to blow up now. But um, I really honestly thought that it existed and there are similarities out there, but I, I think that people need to understand is a lot of people won't do something because it already exists. They think that they have to be the first and they don't realize how many billions of people are on this earth and we can't just have one app. You know, a lot of people tell me now, well, I found an app just like the yours, but it, it's not quite a bit similar. I'm like, I hope that's okay. I'm like, that's great. Who are they? I want to know what they're doing. I want to talk to them because especially when, with like a lot of things, we can't do this all on our own. And I'd say a lot of times to people and people get really tired of hearing it. I, I tell people, it's not your mental health. It's not mine. It's ours. And when it, you approach it as our mental health, you realize that we all have to do our part. If that's what you want to advocate for. I tell a lot of my friends who are very passionate about the environment and they're this and that. I'm like, that's great, but pick one to focus on. <laughs> or you're yeah. ragged, right? You know? And so I, I chose this from my own experience. So had this idea, this company finds it on the hashtag. They, they, they DM me, they go into my DMs. That's the best kind of DMs when it's actual business deals and not something else. And, um, you know, I think it was even on a Sunday, my oldest had bronchitis. So I was at this clinic and I was just, I ignored it. It was like, I don't know, this is a scam. Right. This is the next taken. Yeah, form. you're just thinking like, my dearest friend, I have uh, some money from gold from a prince. You know, like no, right. no, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, give me two hundred dollars or whatever. You know what it is, and I will set you up with this thing. And or I'm thinking, is this like taken four? Where they like they promise you something and then you meet them and they take. I mean, I don't know. My brain's just kind of like whatever. Um, I think it was about 
a day or two later, they messaged again and they were just like, you know, we're serious. I'm like, all right, I've got time now. Let's just see what this is about. So I looked them up and what it was is that um, that's kind of this particular person that works there. That was kind of her job was to look for different apps, app ideas. And so she really loved mine and kind of loved, she read my blog and loved kind of my, my vibe on, excuse me, on Instagram. And so I agreed to the phone call. Um, I'm thinking again, I'm giving my number to a complete stranger. And now I get my number all the time. It's like, whatever. But at the time I was just like, no idea about entrepreneurship, had no idea. I really essentially had the entrepreneur mindset already instilled in me. And we all do. It was just untapped. And so I decided to just talk to him and it was the longest pitch of my life. I did not know pitches were like, you know, 30 seconds to find. <laughs> so you did. No one had told you what an elevator pitch is, but. No, no. I mean, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about elevator pitches. I, I knew nothing. And so we talked for 45 minutes and God bless him for giving me 45 minutes of his time. Even now when we talk, I think he knows that he has to carve out about an hour for me. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um. So yeah, we, we talked and it was like, oh my gosh, we could actually do this. And so it kind of became this, holy shit, am I really doing this? Like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So then that came into talking to, you know, my husband. And so to, to show that we were serious, we flew to Silicon Valley. We flew to California to meet them, to sign the contract. Wow. Um, look at I, that, wanted, eh? I wanted to meet them face to face. Again, I was like, make sure you're legitimate. And I want you to know that I'm legitimate too. Like I'm, so I, my first time to California, this Midwest girl from North of KC grew up in a tiny town of 200 people is now flying to Silicon Valley to meet developers, to talk about an app idea. It's just, it still blows my mind. Uh, we were live, we did it in like 24 hours. Like we came in, we went, did Halloween, my, my family, we all dress up for Halloween with themes. And uh, last year, uh, my family of five, we were the, uh, we were the Incredibles, right? Oh, nice. So yeah, when one of my children, he's always the villain. So he actually was the underminer, but it worked out because Jack, Jack, I think his power is, is invisible. So it worked out. So we just said, Jack, Jack, you couldn't see him. So anyway, so we're all dressed up, get up, you know, or, you know, do that, go to bed, get up early the next morning, get on a flight, go from there to Vegas, Vegas to, to San Francisco. And then, you know, check into our Airbnb, go see stuff, have dinner with them, do a little sightseeing, and then turn around the next morning by 7 a.m. We're back in the airport on our way back home because with three kids and we were just like, we would love to explore, but we can't like this. Like I'm thinking that was my first official business trip. So we, uh, we did that, signed it. And then we began the, uh, creative process. Um, and I, um, if you look on the, the website, you can also follow us um, on Facebook and Instagram at um, Mindstar app. You can kind of see, you know, with the name Mindstar, we use a lot of space photos. Sometimes I'll do space facts and turn them into kind of life questions or personal development stuff, you know, essentially, you know, and it comes to things, you know, as far as Pluto's planets and, and things of this nature and kind of pull out a little bit of fun science facts, which is from my oldest actually. 
he's kind of a science nerd and I love it because he's been great. You had me at space. I, my, my wife and I are fanatics uh, on space. We've been to, been to many, we've been to rocket launches. Uh, and, uh, we recently actually did a trip to Orlando first for business and swung around and went to the actual, by the SpaceX build site and got to see the, uh, the, the, the big (laughs) rocket they're building, which was pretty wild. So, yeah. Yeah. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's on my list. Well, so I think you- the your your list is I I've got high confidence you're going to get to your list. Like just your even to this point like the story that you tell is something that a lot of people are already nodding their head with <laughs> and it's it's a really really difficult thing that a lot of people don't even know that they're facing and and I find that the hardest part is introducing people to themselves and that's oh. really like you you talked about you know and I'll, I'll pick the one thing that you said that was really I love and it's I kind of feel it's like profound that people don't realize when they say these things it's like why well, you know I wanted to reach out to this person but I wasn't sure and and that just that moment right you're like am I going to give my phone number to this person who's you know a venture capitalist or or an investor or whatever it is and you're like you have a natural set of distrust which was normal like that's what you should have that's what keeps us from getting kidnapped regularly uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but what you have to have with yourself when you hear that thought that that voice in your mind that says something you have to have a natural healthy distrust of what your mind tells you because that's what protects you from some of the darkest parts of your own mind, which you don't even, which are always there, but you don't, they generally don't come out and, or they, you don't have access to it, or you have a greater access to the positive thing that says like, Oh yeah, I'm good. But there are moments when you just, you stub your toe and you just like, of course you did that. Like, and like, Oh, we all have an inner critic and uh, you know to think that we're going to get rid of that critic is is a fallacy that's that's never going to happen because in a way the inner critic can it's save us and actually you know historically you know through the evolution of man there's a reason why the inner critic was there because for a very long time if you think about as far as you know technology and industry and how much we've evolved a lot has happened in the last hundred years. <laughs> if you think yeah. about the evolution of <laughs> no man, <laughs> you know, before that, it was all like, think about it. They're like, they could get a common cold and die. Yeah. Just from a cold, you know, or whatever it may be. And then even hundred years before that, they were being, you know, you know, chased by, you know, wild creatures. And so, you know, we have instinctive, have this kind of spidey sense, as I like to say, of, you know, we have our fight, you know, and our flights and, and, you know, we have our freeze. And so it's, it's now we're having to deal with that, but we don't have anyone chasing us most of the time. Um, and so it's like, you know, and we can just, if we're sick or allergies or we just pop a pill, you know, or do some home remedies, whatever we, we want to do to take care of ourselves. And so our brain, you know, sometimes kind of does, you do, it's like, you almost have to become, <laughs> it's almost like you have to show your inner critic compassion. And it takes a lot of work. Um, I will say I'm a big meditator. Um, now, I know that there's a lot of people probably thinking I'm trying to levitate. I have not levitated yet, but when I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, um, it's quieting the mind and spending time with that inner critic. Um, and there's a lot of things and techniques that I've learned through therapy and I've read and I've watched and then I've kind of taken it into my own. Um, but yeah, um, you know, people ask me, about fear like fear is supposed to be there 
It's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a good thing. <laughs> you just have to, and you can do it. You just have to make that choice. And again, I think a lot of people think that it's just, oh, she just woke up like this. No, this is years of progress and I'm still progressing. And this is just how it works, um, you know, with, with life. And, you know, this is what my company is about is, it's about self-care for all minds. That's our mission statement because I've seen through the work that I've done, people I've talked to that so many people have such misconceptions about self-care and mental health. And when you go down to the low hanging fruit of mental health in general, it all comes down to self-care and how we take care of ourselves. No one's going to take care of you for you. So if you want to get rid of this limiting belief, like I had that I could not develop an app, I knew I had to work on that. That means it's not going to happen overnight. You're in a week or two weeks. And even, there's even time saver. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? We're getting really close to launching. I'm just like, okay, oh my gosh, you know, like it's go time. But it's it's one of those things where you just kind of have to make a choice and it's just choosing yourself a little bit every day. Um, it's not, again, a lot of people that I talk to, I kind of do a little self-care coaching on the side. And so if anybody wanted to reach out to me about self-care coaching, um, you can uh, find me on, um, you know, at Mindstar app on Facebook or Instagram and message. And then that get, uh, my team will send that to me. But when I work with people, we work about the misconceptions of self-care. And the, one of them is trust and how yeah. you trust yourself. Because essentially I lost trust in myself because I didn't know who the heck I was and whatever these dark thoughts were swirling and all this, this fear and stuff. And, um, you know, I would, I would write myself letters. I still have the very first letter I wrote to myself I did. I write myself love letters and it was, I trust you. And just saying that to yourself is so it's loaded, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, like I trust you. I trust the intuition. I trust what's going on. And you know, you either win or you learn and you never fail. So it's getting into that mindset of if I'm, this is going to be a win or is this is going to be a learning experience? Because again, unfortunately we kind of learn, for the things that don't work. And so, so then this past year has just been developing the app, uh, beta testing um, through different groups. Um, so essentially what our app is and what it's turned out to be, is like to tell people, essentially our app is hope. Uh, Mindstar is the app that I needed in my darkest moments. And what it is, is that you track your self-care over time. So you essentially build a self-care plan in the app. And we have about 16 curated suggestions to put in your self-care routine. Um, I'm from a team of, um, of mental health advisors. I've been very, very fortunate that I've been able to keep my team small and affordable. Because <laughs> yeah. Not an insignificant problem. It's <laughs> the yeah. people think like, oh, you just do this. Like, oh, all I got to do is put out hashtag app ID and I'm going to start right. my own company. That's like right. that's there's it. a couple that's of steps it. in between. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You have, I'm thinking because this is all self-funded and so, you know, and it's ours and it, or I should say essentially it's mine. I don't have my husband on the um, he doesn't own any of the company yet, which I didn't think about that when I set it all up, but he, he is, he was my first investor because we took out a business loan. I'm thinking three kids, do we have the money to do this? And I even went to, so I started doing my research. I took the contract and I took it to, and I talked to uh, parts of it that I were allowed to disclose uh, to other IT people in Kansas city. And was just like, okay, I have this idea. I don't want to get scammed. And so I just basically kind of came to him for a mentor and you'll be amazed if people who will give you, you know, five, they might give you, this person gave me an hour. He didn't have to give me an hour. 
he was nice to give me an hour of his time. It, he said it was his way of giving back for the month or the week or whatever. But he gave me his his you know, insight about it and make sure it was legitimate. And I had friends of mine who were journalists. I'm like, look at this company. Was the company is Inventive Fight, by the way. I will give them that. They've been they've been great. And so like I'm like, look, find all the dirt you can on them and like do all this, you know, back, you know. Uh, Your journalist mind kicked in right away on that. Well, it did. It did. But I'm thinking, and that's what's interesting is a lot of people think that, okay, you're a journalist, now you're developing an app and you're a mental health advocate and you're a writer and you're a speaker and all these things. And I'm like, but you don't realize some of the life skills that have come in handy that actually kind of, it, the puzzle starts fitting in like, oh, this is why I learned this skill. I didn't think this skill was going to be that useful at the time, but now it's actually quite useful, which is being able to do interviews or, you know, knowing the other side of the media or knowing what, you know, the media wants to see or hear and what makes my story interesting and be able to tell my story. Cause a lot of people I talk to have a great business. They have no idea how to market it. They have no idea how to present themselves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a rare, it's a rare talent surprisingly. Cause what the problem is that the people we hear the most or we read the most are the ones that are already there and <laughs> right? because they're, they've already kind of built that thing. And you realize there's however many percentage of people that, that can't do that. And there's a reason why we all know Larry King and, and, and these names, you know, as far as like, how important is the app? You know, like where you, like they get these like funny, like we'd sort of joke about these like standard ways to ask a question. You're like, well, there's, they're actually founded in incredible history of behavioral psychology, the way that you approach questions and discussing things with people. And then you realize like, yeah, people can have an amazing ideas and that's, that, that's amazing but they don't have all the rest of the stuff wrapped around it. So you, no. I can tell you, Kristen, are a rare, uh, a rare treat in the world <laughs> uh, because of your ability to glue it all together. Right. And it's just been so interesting. People are, okay, well, you're, and I get it. A lot of people have this mindset of you must have went to business school or you must be a coder and all these things. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm somebody who has made the choice to believe in herself a little bit more every day, not, not every day. I, I would like to note that just because I've kind of cracked this code and, and I've been through recovery, you know, I still have bad days. We all have bad days um, and moments where, you know, or even weeks where you're just like, nothing is working. Nothing is going my way. What am I doing? You know, I should just, just, you know, just sell the app now what I have. And it's like, okay, I see you. I see you inner critic. You need to go to the backseat of the car and quit trying to drive. And, um, and, and then giving yourself that self-care. So essentially that's what, you know, Mindstar is, is, is giving people this hope of they can set up their own self-care routine because everyone's routine is different. And then they get rewarded for it. You know, they check in every day, double tap, boom, they earn, you know, 500 points or hundred points per task that they check off that they've done for themselves. And when they reach so many points, they unlock a milestone. And what sets us apart is that we partner with small businesses. So we're allowing small businesses. I have candle companies. I have life coaches. I have a couple of gyms that have already signed up and then you are the user is emailed a reward from that business so what it's doing it's also helping small businesses get their name out there and get their amazing products because there's amazing candles and shirts and things of this nature that are out there that people don't know about 
because it's incredibly hard to put yourself out there in marketing. And I know that SEO is a big thing right now, but even with knowing that knowledge of getting your website to the top of the list of the Google search, like it's hard because we have so many options, which is great. You know, and I do believe that again, we can't have just one t-shirt company. We can't have one, you know, self-care app out there. And there are apps out there that are similar as far as goal tracking apps. Um, insurance apps are very similar, which is fine. Um, yeah. Differentiating we, is an interesting thing. And that's, it's, it's a, another challenge that people don't necessarily realize that you face right. and that, that folks would face. And you know, the, the joke about SEOs is that an SEO expert walks into a bar, tavern, restaurant, restaurant for families, restaurant with great children's meals. <laughs> and like it, there's, uh, yeah. but when you're building a page or an app getting discovered, and moving to the top of those those lists is incredibly helpful, especially for those early days and that kind of not necessarily viral, but just like to get you to get you out and, and separated from the separating the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. Right. And versus like as a blogger, you know, you people always ask me, like, well, you're a blogger. You know, how do you deal with SEO? I'm like, I am SEO. That's it. Every <laughs> word I write is SEO. I don't care right. about I'm not gonna change the way that I write. But that's different versus standing up a page or putting an app in an app store. How do you, when you look up self, you know, like motivation or, or, or you know, whatever it is, or mindfulness, you're going to be number 78. How do you make sure that you can, you know, get found amongst all of those things that are out there? I know it, it is, it is, um, it is difficult. In fact, we're talking about that with kind of our website now. I do a weekly self-care newsletter that I send out self-care tips and insights. And it's a great way for people um, to kind of see, you know, they get some advice from me and then they kind of see what it's like to, you know, I am, I am a transparent person. I have found that one of my greatest superpowers is my vulnerability. And I wish that more people realize that when you're putting your business out there, I'm not saying you need to tell us what, what you ate for breakfast and you need to be that, that, you need that much candor, but you do need to decide that you need to put some vulnerability in your business because people are going to notice that. And that's authentic because how many times do we get messages now is, Hey, I love what you're doing. You know, if you, and then automatically you get, you get pitched. They want, they want you to buy something. I know yeah. something now uh, with a small business, I get pitched probably at least three times a day from someone, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram of a, my favorite is, Hey girl, love what you're posting. I'm like, who are you? Hey girl. Hey's are hilarious. I'm just like, and I just politely tell them no, you know, and that comes down to, and I tell people, if you want to work on your personal development, if you want to work on your limiting beliefs, think of the biggest dream you have, whether that's starting a business, signing up for that class, you know, going for that promotion, start working towards it and every limiting belief you, about yourself will come to the forefront. I guarantee it because it seems like every single one I've had of, I can't develop an app. I'm not good at this. I'm not a coder. Well, it turns out you can't be good at everything. For me, it was just finding, I was fortunate to find a team to work with that honestly that I could afford to, to build it. I'm like, I have the idea. I designed it in InDesign. Now here you build it. I made it look pretty. Now you bring it to life. You know, and then it's for me, I tell people too, is don't always think you have to, to pay people. Um, think about your skill set. Really, there's a lot of, and I feel like with, with owning a business, you have to really look at yourself and really be honest. Like, okay, I'm not so great. I won't say suck, but I'm not so great at this. <laughs> because there are some things you are going to suck at. I mean, I used to think I, I would suck at um, being um, on camera. 
in fact, in college, they wanted me to be on camera. They wanted me to be a news anchor. And um, I had to go on there and report. Um, I was the managing editor of the college newspaper. And I had to go on there every week and put the little microphone on. And I had to read the prompter about what's coming in the Northwest Missourian. Make sure you pick it up at the Commons on Thursday, yada, yada. And I thought I was terrible. Now, I'm like, put me on TV. <laughs> Give me five minutes. And so think about the evolution of that, of, of give me the opportunity to share my message or, or inspire people in some way that if I can do it, anyone can do it. And there's people that have way more trauma and issues. Um, and, you know, I encourage people to, to, to listen to, pay attention to what you're listening to. Um, I listen to a lot of books of just whether they're autobiographical or whether they're just overall just self-help books. And some people I know, I'm sure rolling their eyes at that. I'm not saying everyone, but find a, an author that you like. Um, you know, Gary Bishop is great if you just kind of want a straight shooter. Yeah. He's yeah. No bullshit. He is great. You know, but if you want a little more fluff, you know, or you want something a little bit different about creativity, you could go to, uh, uh, there's a bunch of them. But I was um, laughing because I was actually thinking as we were talking at the start, I'm like, I got to remember to find, uh, I, I was, I, I couldn't remember uh gary's last name and i was oh. like uh and i was like he is the most first of all his audiobooks are incredibly hilarious because yes. he's this just classically scottish you know yes. gentleman and and of, uh, here you go here's the xl tag unfuck yourself right like whatever like his like his yes. un f star whatever yourself and his way of just like yeah it, you, know, you think you've got a problem yeah you do Get what? over it. <laughs> and it's like, so oh. funny that you were thinking that and then I brought that up. But I mean, it's, uh, let's just, this is how the universe works. But um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time that, you know, this isn't something that it's like, oh, I'm going to start a business and everything's going to fall into place and it's going to be fine. The truth is, is that things are going to fall in place where they're supposed to, but sometimes things are not going to be fine. But they have their ways of always working out but not the way you always anticipated. We were supposed to be launched in like November. Um, but then this thing, this links networking, and then Apple changed, um, as I found out with my first app, Apple changed some of their compliance things that are required when you, you, you just think, okay, I have an app, it's all ready to go, I'm gonna upload it to, to Apple and they're gonna put it on their store. Well, no, they have a process. They have a screening yeah. process, it's pretty <laughs> extensive. And so we've had to work through that and then last minute changes and add ups. And so, you know, I tell people all the time too, when you start, you know, a business, you work on your limiting beliefs and, or you start, or you're just keep, let's say you're keeping your current job and you just want to become more aware and kind of really explore yourself. Cause I've had people come to me and say, how did you know that you wanted to do this? I'm like, I didn't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I just myself out of this several times. And it was all like, Whatever you believe in God, universe, something was telling me like, cause I had the idea. And then like this company coming to me was basically like a smack in the face. Like yeah. you are supposed to do this. You're supposed to go down this road, whatever it may lead to where, you know, I, I left my, I left my desk job in March <laughs> to pursue, um, just putting together a small magazine, just basically doing freelance work. Um, just so I could focus more on MindStar because before that, which I, I actually enjoyed it because I enjoyed what I was doing. I was listen, doing, inter, you know, doing conversations with people on the way to work. 
doing them on my lunch hour. I come home, yeah. squeezing it in amongst everything else. Squeezing in, and then yes, and then at the in the evenings, I would lay there with my my kids are my my muses, my biggest inspiration, and I like to joke it's because they're all cuddling with me, so the love hormone is very imminent. It's very big because I've got three little heaters keeping me warm. I've got my laptop kind of sitting above them on the stand, and they're just kind of all around me. Um, after they go to bed and I would work and that's how I came up with Mindstar was my son has a solar system in his room and I was thinking of something that is universal because a lot of um, apps out there which are perfectly fine I'm not putting them down but they're geared towards women because more, women are more open to talking about things especially when it comes to self-care which I have to admit it really irks me when I see a commercial about treating yourself and it's like some $50 moisturizer (laughs) because I see the commercialism how they've tapped into self-care already and so now my company we say that we're more than just an app um you know right now I've actually got a course it's called self-care 101 and it's basically a self-care wheel um and um you, Just as you say that, I'm like imagining the woman like putting some cream on her on her right. upper cheekbone, right? Self care is about taking care of you, right. <laughs> and you're like, no, right. that's not self care. That's skin care. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, and lady, lady, that's great. Your wrinkles are gonna go away, and your skin's gonna look very luminous. But the issue that maybe you know that you that you need to work on or whatever, that's it, not gonna go away. The issue in your relationship, the issue with your mom or your dad or your best friend or fighting that's not going to go away because you put some skincare but you slapped on some stuff and trust me i love the good face mask i do but uh yeah what you talked about in the what people should listen to very strongly in in approaching this and and why i'll I'll encourage them to get involved and, and you know i'm excited for when the launch hits and when we can get people in here and we'll catch up again too as as we keep rolling because I definitely want to follow follow you and and the whole story as we as it evolves it's small daily affirmations you know and it's the what can we do to you know give ourselves ways to reward ourselves and also when we slip which is normal and and we have to accept and survive and I say survive is like, it sounds like, a, like what do you mean survive? Like, it's not like you're laying on a, on a landmine. You're like, no, well, it could be the difference. Like I said, I, I joked at the beginning, you stub your toe and you just say to yourself, of course you did that. You, you, and like you, yeah. that's kind of a Gary Bishop thing too, is like the, the words that you say to yourself are define how you feel. And you're going to have those moments again. And what you've got to do is say, you know, sort of step back away from it and say, okay, what what can I all right bad moment bad day Whew. all right what can we do to like just like level it off take off the edges and now let's get back on it whether it's journaling and morning pages and, and stuff you can do through the app and using those rewards and it's funny that gamification becomes the way we and this is what's sad this will drive you nuts right I'm I'm involved in apps and and technology and VCs and stuff and it's all like all right what's the gamification aspect of it, aspect of it well yes. there's a reason it's there because it's a it's behavioral psychology in fact if you go back and you study B J Fogg and this idea of persuasive computing and mm-hmm. and it's who it's, ironically enough B J Fogg is like no stop so seriously people stop doing what you're doing you I taught you how to do a thing and now you're using it for the most awful purposes you know Zuckerberg and such uh, and so he in fact is talking about ethical persuasive computing now and and there's Tristan Harris and other great authors and writers and speakers who are tackling that so you are doing the right thing of how can I 
do a thing where I can do gentle, continuous steps uh, on a daily basis that if I slip, I got another day ahead and we're good. Instead of like, all right, I'm going to start a business that's going to grow to a million dollars in revenue. And you set this monstrous giant goal and even worse, even worse. And you know this one, Kristen, you probably set them yourselves when you're back in the day. On New Year's Eve, <laughs> you say, <laughs> yes. that's it. All right, from now on, I'm going to the gym every day, you know, or whatever it is. And, you know, day three, the wheels come off the bus. And then you say to yourself, as you look in the mirror, of course you failed. And, you know, no one's going anyways. And we try to convince ourselves that it's okay to be bad and just forget it. And then, and that's it. You're off, you're off your track and, and yeah. you don't have a way to get back on because you didn't set a daily goal. You didn't understand that you could have a bad day and you can get back on the, the bus kind of thing. It's uh, it, how did you, how did you approach the idea? Like, did, did you obviously you discovered some of it yourself, you know, when, when did you know that you had like a program that you were building internally that would be able to be put into a, a program that you could help other people with? It's funny that you say that because I've been thinking about essentially my store is the app that I needed um, in my darkest moments because in my darkest moments, I actually wrote down my routine. Um, so I was kind of actually developing this app before I knew I was developing an app. Um, and one of the things was that got me excited. This Again, I have a supportive husband. I have great friends uh, at the time, you know, I had a stable job, you know, that I knew it was going to be there for me. I had all these things. And unfortunately, you know, depression does not uh, discriminate. And the only thing I could think of was, well, tomorrow I get my gummy vitamins. That's something to look forward to. And I thought, that's what you're hanging on to is gummy vitamins. <laughs> Like of all the things, but that's what got me. I was all like, well, tomorrow I'm going to wake. And I just kept, I mean, I went down to the basics of the basics of, well, I get up in the morning, I'll get my gummy vitamins. I'm going to give my kids a kiss goodbye, get them dressed for school, you know, and, you know, get them all prepped for the day because I'm not also trying to get myself in the right mindset so I can go out and be about the day, but also my children. And and helping them, you know, realizing things um, and, and being aware of their emotions and stuff like this. But when I knew I kind of had something, um, it was probably, I think there was, the, I think it was the night that I actually came up with Mindstar. Cause before I think we were just calling it like gold star. Like I didn't have Mindstar. I just like, I have this idea for this app. I have no idea what I'm going to call it, but I really think that, you know, and again, using behavioral psychology, knowing that we're addicted to our phones, why not be addicted to something that actually rewards you a little bit and makes you feel good about yourself um, instead of the opposite. Um, and so I was laying there. Um, I think I was cuddling with my oldest. He's a big cuddler and he's 10. So the cuddle days are almost gone. So I'm they're, soaking Yeah, up. they're winding down. Enjoy. They're winding down and I am just soaking them up. So we were cuddling. He was asleep. Okay. He's asleep. Cue, pull out the laptop, get the laptop out. I'm thinking about this. And that's, I was looking up at his solar system and his favorite planet is Saturn. And so I was particularly, I remember staring at Saturn and then I got thinking about just what's universally intriguing. What is something, could we pull gender out of the equation completely and build something that's inclusive, essentially for minds. Um, and at the time I had, hadn't done as much research 
excuse me, about um, about app development and gamification, things of this nature. I was like, I had this idea. And then, you know, started mapping it out of what it would look like and how we would do it. And um, I was very fortunate. I didn't, I, I have not read, I haven't really read any books about app development. <laughs> I, I have a great team. And so I would say probably that was the point where I was just like, okay, I think I really have something and I think I can really help people. It was, and I didn't sleep that night. That night I was just like, it just, it was just a breakthrough. I had my idea for the name of my company with MindStar Health, with the MindStar app, you know, and then I'm thinking how the overall, how we're going to do this, how we're going to, you know, how you're going to build a routine and how that works with the milestones and have the dashboard. So you can actually, it's actually a line chart. So you can actually see yourself over time, which is great. Cause actually we're working with, healthcare professionals to get them to use the app as a tool with their patients. So essentially the idea is, is that they'll be able to suggest, obviously they cannot force, suggest the app to their patients to use, to track their self-care. And then when they come in for those regular checkups, you know, when they're talking about, you know, they've got that their car's on fire, their dog died and like all these things that happened in life. And they're like, well, how has your self-care been? And we can look to see, have they been using the app? Because we literally made it simple as can be the curious suggestions you pick you add your own things you double tap green check mark boom there's points in your little bank account you've done that for yourself there's your little star for the day knowing that you've done something for yourself the day might have been complete crap but you know what you drank your water you wore your favorite color you listened to your book you watched your favorite show you know and maybe you took some time and maybe if maybe you couldn't go to the gym, maybe you went and just did some push-ups or whatever it may be, you know, it, like did 10 of them or something like that. Because, you know, the research shows, and there's different, it depends on who you talk to as far as when a habit, you know, actually kind of sinks in. Um, you know, some say 21, some say 30, some say 60. You know, I think it depends on the person, but I just know that it's that consistency and it's not honestly how many times you, you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Right. And so it's like people think, oh, I fell down again. And so that's one thing about, you know, with my personal accounts and with MindStar and stuff, we like to kind of put that encouragement and remind, remind people that we all fall. We all make mistakes. I made a ton of mistakes my, my first year. Um, thinking, you know, people would did people come in making promises and we're going to help you do this. You just pay us this much money. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, I only have a lot of this much, you know, but do I really take that risk? And we took some risk and didn't work out, took some risk and it worked. Um, and so, um, I'm sorry, as you can tell, I get going about this and I could just Good. go all day. <laughs> Um, I was just about to ask you questions about it because I will just keep going. <laughs> well, it's, if you if you got if we can keep going a bit, I I got a couple of questions. I do want to keep going. Sure, uh, sure. And, that's and right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Why I, uh, I I I I'm I'm listening and everybody else is too because this is this is something that it it resonates right, and this is why these kind of stories are important and it 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 helps to understand where the stuff comes from. And it's funny, like you, you've done, re you do more research than, than most people. Uh, I'm also a weird sort of research nerd. Uh, sorry, I didn't, I, I'd said that and I was immediately attached you to being a weird research nerd. I mean, I yeah, am a weird research okay. nerd. <laughs> that's okay. But I am, I own that title. It's fine. 
the idea of like, why is this thing, you know, why is this thing working? Why does it affect me? And people are always like, oh, it must be so great. You obviously have, you have such a great outlook and you've always got a positive. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's terrifying. Uh, most of the time I'm, I'm actually filled with, filled with self-hatred. Like it's, it's really, it's tough to get yourself out of that mode sometimes. And my wife will kind of like, she'll check me or once in a while, she'll be like, hey, you're not really good lately. Like you're, you're really right. kind of down on yourself or like you really seem like something's up. And, and it's good, like, cause you have to have that. And that's why, you know, an app, a thing, a habit, those things are good to have. And what we really forget to do as people is just, you know, recognize the, the tough moments that we get through. And it could be that, 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 that gummy vitamin <laughs> yeah. can be enough to get somebody to step back off the edge of a bridge. Right. And it's just crazy. But that's, I mean, that's what I, I, mean, I remember thinking about that I was laying in bed and it was all like, okay, what am I excited about tomorrow? Well, there's my kids, but I felt like that was obvious. It was just like, because it, it was, it was just like in those, those real, I'm thinking, that's what I'm excited about is a gummy vitamin. I still love my gummy <laughs> vitamin, but it was uh, like, as you oh, should, they're amazing. They <laughs> the best things I'm ever. Thinking, I'm like, thank goodness I don't have to take those big ass horse pills. I can be gummy. I can be a kid. There's some nostalgia there. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it came down to was just like, oh, I took my vit gummy vitamins, check. I drank my water, check. And, you know, and I tell people too, and unfortunately, the recent news has, has proven this, that exercising and eating healthy is not enough <laughs> when it yeah. comes to our self-care. And what's what I talk about in my self-care 101 course is um, the kind of the self-care wheel. And I break this down, you know, to it's spiritual emotional, mental, um, practical, and physical. And we always think the physical part, especially this time of year, because everyone's all of a sudden in this mindset that they're going to lose weight, which is great. But I always tell people, who are you losing the weight for? Um, and, to, and, and to question, that's what it comes down to, I think, too, is you have to question everything. Now, I will say, I have a terrible habit of questioning too much. I think about my thinking too much. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, why did I have that thought? Oh, my gosh, does that thought have some weird significance? And now I need to go look up this book on Freud to figure out what the hell it meant. Not that I agree with everything of Freud. Like with dreams, for instance, or whatever, whatever weird thing. Or I'm interested with Freud when it comes to the ego, but that's everything else is kind of whoo. Anyways, um. So the, the point is, is that, um, you know, um, when you start to become aware of your thoughts, um, I tell people all the time, when you start to become aware, you're going to figure out how much crap you tell yourself. And I have friends that message me that start meditation. And that's a great way to kind of get started. Um, as a writer, I always tell people to journal and I actually have a technique I'll share with you if you have a minute that's yeah. a great way to, I have found to whatever the current situation, whatever you're stressing out about, to get to the to lim to within five minutes, you can get to the limiting belief that it's that's the trigger. You can get all the way down to the root. Um, and so what I do is that I okay. So let's say like right now, I've got this. I'm in my office. I've got this. I've got all these stickers and these notes of things I have to do well pretty much the rest of the month and so i'm looking at it obviously looking at it and look at all of them step back as a whole it can be overwhelming because i have you know this interview and this interview and i have to write this story and yada 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 the feel of overwhelm okay i am overwhelmed 
I can literally ask myself and I love to do it with a pen and paper because I feel like there's so uh, people don't understand the power of the written word and writing things out and getting things out of your mind onto paper, but asking yourself, why, why am I overwhelmed? And then no censoring, no one's going to see this. I tell people to always, when I do self-care coaching, I say, have a journal and label it, label it something super boring. So no one's going to read it. They think it's like cooking recipes, <laughs> right. you know, so the, and then that, or I tell people, take a piece of paper, journal for the day, and then rip it up and throw it away. Um, and then basically you're saying you're brain dumping. I love that phrase of just dumping stuff out on, because you can get such clarity when you write it all out and you realize, this is bullshit. I don't believe this. Yeah, that's right. Believe. So, so essentially you ask yourself why. Okay. So I'll do the example. Why am I overwhelmed? I will, I'm overwhelmed because I have too much to do. Why? Because there's so much I have to get done because I have a business and I want it to be successful. Why? Because I want my, because I want my work to matter. Why? Because I want to matter. And automatically I went in just a couple of lies from overwhelmed to this limiting belief that I have to do something grand. I have to do some big thing, right? But we don't realize those overnight successes are really 10 years of work. That's <laughs> right. It takes a long years. time to become an it's overnight success. <laughs> it does. But, but a society has told us that, right? So there's that limiting belief of I have to matter and I have to do something significant. And in society, that means that I have to do something huge and all of a sudden have 5 million followers and I have to make a million dollars or a billion dollars. And that's, that's what success is tied to in society. But I tell people, everyone's definition of success is different. You know, that you can make an impact and have a profitable business and it can just be in your state, just in your city, just you know, regional, no one says you have to go global. No, no one it, says you have to go national. be a farm stand at the end of the driveway. Right. If that's Perfect. your definition of success, then bloody good, you've done it. <laughs> exactly, you've done it. You've got, you know, and people have good produce and things of this nature. And, you know, if you want to take it a step further, that's fine. But everyone's success, they think of the, so that's, uh, you know, they think of the, they think of the big, you know, celebrity status and whatever. But, you know, I found asking myself why there's so much power of asking yourself why you feel something and then just giving your trusting yourself to explore it and just write it out. Excuse me, whatever it may be and just no judgment. And then just keep asking yourself why, and you will get to a limiting belief within four or five whys. I've told people I was in a business accelerator um, here recently, and we were talking about self-care. And I actually suggested this actually in the course. And the next week, it's three people out of 10 were all like, hey, we did it. And holy crap. Like, yeah. it made me realize, like, I have this limiting belief. And then I tell people, okay, so now you found this limiting belief up. So mine is that I feel let's just say this one, for example, is that I have to do something big and grander to matter. Okay, so I'm aware of it now. Well, guess what? My to-do list is still there. I don't have time to necessarily do the personal work. Everyone thinks that when you become aware, as I tell, when you become aware of your shit, people think they have to like attack it all at once. Well, now I must slay this like it's a dragon, right? Yeah. Like, you need to be, give yourself some freaking self-compassion. If you're, I'm 33 years old. If I just now realize this at 33, this is 33 years in the making. That's right. You've, you've, you've implanted 33 years of really, <laughs> unfortunately, unknown habits. You can't right. just rip them down in a, in a right. day. <laughs> no, you rip them down in a day or even 33 days. Like you, you have to like, okay, 
you know what? So I, sometimes I tell people basically put a pin in it. Like, okay, you know what? Later tonight, I'm going to journal about this or I'm going to wait till tomorrow and process it. But yes, obviously I've got this belief. Now I'm aware of my belief. Now what action can I take now? I could take action and say, I'm going to deal with it later. I'm going to take action and I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to let myself write about how that makes me feel for five minutes. Or, you know, I can take some action with it and get up and move because movement is incredible. A lot of people think, I mean, I love to kickbox. That's a great thing um, when you're frustrated. And if I don't go to the gym, I literally, like, I can feel myself, like, wanting to get a punching bag. You or start something. to tighten up. Yeah. I do. I'm all like, where's one of my kids' is really annoying, like, toys? I want to, like, punch it right now. Um, and, just tell them, and just tell them that, it, you know, it just fell on the stairs and broke or whatever. But it's like... Um, yeah, just putting some action and some accountability and trusting yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to, okay, all right, I've got this belief, but you know what? I've got all this crap I got to do, and this is what I'm going to do. Or taking the time to meditate on it, you know, five minutes, two minutes, a minute. Um, I tell people when they're doing tasks and stuff and they get overwhelmed to just take a little one-minute break and do several deep breaths and yeah. see how they feel. And um there's so much power in that. So yeah, there's so much power in ourselves, but we, we give our power away to everything else instead of trusting ourselves to know what we need to nurture ourselves. And that's essentially what self-care is. Essentially is <laughs> self-care is the act that we take to express self-love. And you are nurturing and loving yourself. And that's what I tell my kids when they do something for themselves and they, whether they create art or, you know, my son's just got Nintendo switch for Christmas. And so he's onto all these new games or whatever. And he has to get all his other work done for, he can, he can do that. But sometimes I'll see him with a pen and paper and he's actually drawing out some of the characters and then he'll play. And then, you know, and he's all like, it's okay if I do that. I go, yeah, you're, you're using your imagination. Yeah. You're playing a video game, but you're also, you're drawing, you're reading, you're doing things, you're learning. Um, and you're nurturing a part of yourself. There's so much of ourselves that we don't nurture because we just think that we have to, everything has to be about making money. And I always tell people that there's some things, especially as a, a creative, you have to keep for yourself, like painting. I grew up in a very small town. Um, so I don't want people to think that I definitely did not come from money. <laughs> My family was, was, was well off where they were at. But definitely, like you know, we were thrifty just like everyone else. Yeah, you're, um, you you were you you were comfortable enough that it wasn't concerning where where you know that the mortgage was going to be able to get paid, but right. not that you were like you know vacationing in in you know how to summer home or whatever. Like it's just oh, yeah. a, a sort of natural middle class level of comfort, oh. <laughs> which absolutely, which I think a lot of people um, don't appreciate. Um, and unless you've been, the, the, and my husband and I have definitely been at the low, the low, we're like, okay, how are we going to pay the mortgage next month? Um, and okay, this needs, what's a priority, what's not? Cut this, cut that. And um, I mean, I've cut my own hair to cut costs. Um, and so, yeah, um, I, I've experienced it all over the place. Um, but um, yeah. Well, it, it's funny that the, the, one of the things that I, I, I used to always love for you know, ask people at the ends, of, of a good discussion and, and even the funny thing i think we opened with it was uh what's what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you that you're the most thankful for and it's it's kind of funny it feels like we've just talked about so much of being on the other side of the darkest moments that you're you've turned into a successful 
understanding of which it's that in itself is is i think incredible because most people don't have that and uh you know one of the there's a lot of people you can read and talk about you know you know psychology and, and managing yourself and and uh you don't have to be reading like plato and aristotle and and all this crazy stuff you know to go back that that deep but to understand the the dark moments and to recognize when they're happening and to be able to get on the other side of it and learn compensating factors uh, what, uh, an interesting fellow uh, to read and, and listen to, while maybe controversial for some, is Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's uh, made the made the news for an unfortunate set of reasons. But he's a, uh, a clinical psychologist in Toronto, and really, really interesting. And, and my favorite thing, he has this thing called Twelve Rules of Life. Is his book, and very simple. I forget which rule it is, but it's just like aim lower. <laughs> it's like that's it. You think you're having a rough day? Aim lower. You know, you got to you set a goal and and he's uh, he's so like profoundly Canadian. It's classic to hear his like East Coast accents or like mid mid Midwest accents in in Canada. He's like, "Make your damn bed." Like that's it. That's <laughs> if that's the thing you do and you succeed at, good. You've done it. Make your damn bed every day. Like just start with a a completed goal. Right. And, I, I agree. We get so big into these like big things. Like I said, like I, like I did the whole why thing and I feel significant. And I'm thinking some days it is just, Hey, I got out of bed. I made my bed. I got dressed and I got out the door. If that's enough for today, that's enough for today. And I should celebrate that in itself. And the thing of like why meditation and why a lot of these sort of like mindfulness exercises are, are good mindfulness for the purpose of like, Oh boy, I'm going to like meditate 12 minutes a day or whatever. It's going to be like, no, 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 no. The goal is not to do 12 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or, or hit transcendental, you know, this level of calm. Yeah. There's all these things. Obviously, there are states and mind states and you can study it and go deep into when it works and why it works and how it works. But in the end, what it, you just have to get to a point where your mind just pauses for a second. And like you said, it's that when, you, when you're stuck on something and you're overwhelmed, just stop, like, take a few deep breaths, walk away, like get up, walk around, go out. Uh, take the garbage out. Garbage is half full. doesn't matter. Take it out anyways. Take it out. And yeah. like, and as you're on the way back, you're like, oh, I got it. I got it. I, and like you're, now you're sprinting back to your desk going like that. That was it. Like it, cause it's why we go in the shower and we suddenly get inspired by things in the shower because you're physically doing something that's separating you from any other activity. Right. And then, I mean, I could go into it, the depths of, of the research behind brain waves, like for instance, in the shower, you're calming, so you're using one relaxed state, which is theta, which theta waves typically is when we get the most, um, you know, we get the most creative, which is why we have those ideas in the shower is because we've actually calmed ourselves down for the most part, not every, some showers we're just like, okay, hurry up, gotta get out, gotta go. That's right, for, rather you know? purposeful, but. Uh... Right, right, but when we take the time to like, and I tell a lot of people to do a little aromatherapy in the shower too, add a little, um, um, with eucalyptus or lavender, whatever it may be, and just taking some time in that. And there, yeah, there are many times, and then that's essentially why is because we're, we're slowing things down a little bit where, um, and I tell people too, you know, with mindfulness and stuff, you know, a lot of times they think that it's just um, like, there's mindful eating. Like if you don't have time to meditate, then maybe slow down on your eating and pay attention to what you're eating. Maybe yeah. try mindful eating for the day. Or I tell a lot of people, because I work from home, so I have to do this myself as, 
So I'm actually talking to an adult though today. I was fortunate to talk to, to someone about this, but go talk to your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, go, just find go. a way. Well, that's why we used to have like church and community and, and regardless of what it is, you know, uh, it was really just a way to, as a group with a collective sort of goal of just celebrating something together on a weekly basis or, or a monthly basis where you meet up with people whether it's a book group or whatever, if it's an online group, if there's any kind of way to kind of have an interaction, which is separated from your day to day, and it becomes that thing that you look forward to, and it, it gets you to separate your mind from all the stuff that's, that's overwhelming you, which I always laugh. We always say we talk about overwhelm and underwhelm. I'm like, what is whelm? I want to get to a state of whelm. Right? That's what yeah. I'm going to call that my next book is like, what's the state of whelm? How make, to achieve make, normalcy. Right. <laughs> it's, make a bumper sticker. Do it. I love it. Do it. But, do it for sure. And I tell you, you, if you actually, if you study some of this stuff too, it's wild. You know, it's a harsh topic, but like people with drug addictions and stuff. And they said, they're not, they're not chasing high. They're chasing normal. And once you go off the edge, finding normal is one of the most difficult things to do. And it's this, this balance and imbalance problem that they've got. And, and ultimately, it leads to continuously chasing a state of where, where you're swinging so hard and it's, you can't find it. And it's, it's surprising that when I, the more and more people you read about and talk to on that subject is like, what, you know, did you like getting high? They're like, no, I hated it. I just wanted to find normal. And it was somewhere in between when I woke up and when I was off, you know, like really, you know, out of my head. I'm like, somewhere in the middle was where I needed to be, but you can't stop there. And, and that's where there's a, a very interesting chasing of a state, which is difficult to recognize and calm, calming apps and, you know, and, and mindfulness as a practice is, I, you'll, you'll kill me too. One of the most stressful things I find is trying to meditate. And I'm like the worst person because the, like me, like, oh, I have to sit here for seven minutes. Like it's going to, but what it does, it like, at least it, it, uh, so I don't meditate, but I'm a distance cyclist or, and, and I'm a, I, I do running just because it's hard to bike everywhere you go. And so the moment that I'm like running, I'm immediately just like, my mind just goes in a beautiful state. I'm like, ah, okay. And I start to think about things and I get very, uh, introspective and it's very, very helpful. That's my calm. I can't sit with my legs crossed and try to levitate or whatever. <laughs> That's but, okay though. The thing is that you found it. You took the time to find what works for you. A lot of people, you know, think that, yes, I, I should be here with my incense, right? And my kids, I should have video of my kids. They make this like weird cow sound that they think that I make. And they go, oh, <laughs> I don't even make that sound. But they walk around, oh, there's mom meditating again. But a lot of times though, I'm like, I'm literally just laying in bed. And I will just lay on top of the sheets and I will just lay there. And there's different types of, of meditation. And I will tell you, YouTube is great for that. You have know, listen to meditation music or just, just calming music. My kids listen to ocean music every night. My husband hates it. He wants it quiet. Oh, but I yeah, want yeah. my kids listen to ocean music. But see, the thing is that you found what works for you. It's not, you know, a, a lot of people think, yeah, meditation. And that's why I say, you know, to do the, maybe just slow down and just become aware of what you're doing. Like walking is great. You can, you know, on your lunch break, go for a walk and don't take your phone, figure out a path, how you're going to know how you're going to get back to your house or your office, but, and then just pay attention to the wind, the leaves yes. around you, your steps be, you know, and yeah. And you'll be surprised how much of going back into our bodies and out of our heads, how much it clears 
our mind. It really is all beautiful how it's all connected um, in that way. Um, and I, I will say with my anxiety and mindfulness has helped and meditation has helped a ton to where to the point now I can meditate with my kids screaming in the other room because I know that my kids are okay because yeah, no one, yeah. you know, bleeding or whatever, but I, and I'm not saying I'm sitting here for like 20 minutes and ignoring them, but I could take a couple minutes and breathe. And I do, I have a playlist. Like I, I'm a music therapy. Music is huge to me. So as far as, um, getting me pumped up. So I have a morning playlist and I will put my earbuds in and I'm, it'll get me going to go help this or that. And obviously if my kids say something, I'll be like, okay, what is it? But usually that's after they leave to kind of get me, um, in this mindset. A lot of it for me, I'll admit, I'll admit it's epic rock. It's very much like very big and loud, but then nice. it just gets me so pumped up. Oh, my kids love queen. And so we belt out queen like no other in the car. So a lot of it's that. And so we're just, you know, in that moment. But then, you know, other thing too, is that um, there's so much positivity. And uh, while I'm all for that, I feel like there's forced positivity, and that we have to identify all our emotions, know what they are, and then come to them without judgment. This is where the self-compassion works. And really, if you're ever familiar with that, uh, Dr. Kristen Neff is phenomenal and the center of self-compassion. Um, I even have her workbook, but you can get, you can get at the library, you can listen to her. And it's phenomenal about how much compassion we give to everyone else but ourselves. And we have this like weird thought, well, I shouldn't have that thought. Well, your brain is going to think weird shit. Yeah, that's right. I got bad news. It's just right. going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to happen because of all the information that is goes to our brain and our brain has to sort it out. And our brains are naturally the type that just like, oh, well, this puzzle goes there. It immediately wants to paint a picture, which is why we judge people right away. It's because we want to figure things out. We're, we're essentially these little computers in a, in a way, in some aspects that just have a ball of a, a, a complexity of emotions on top of it. But we're, we're always trying to like, okay, well, this is why they did this. And we're always trying to solve something. And there's such beauty in just being, just be, and not trying to solve anything from it. Like for a minute, I'm not going to be a problem solver for the solution, but I'm just going to be here in my body and go for a run. I'm going to be in my body. I'm going to go kickbox. I'm going to be in my body. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy my burger and not think about anything else, but enjoying this burger or whatever it may be. Or it can be, I'm going to go talk to my neighbor or I'm going to go talk to my coworker. And yes, it might be about some show that we have no interest in and they do, but I'm going to have the intention to just be there in that moment. And it's interesting when we make those intentions and just take those little leaps, some really incredible things can happen. We figure out that solution or we just overall feel better. I mean, there've been many times where I've been up in my head and then I will go up to get the mail and talk to my neighbor for about 10, 20 minutes, whatever it may be, and then come back and it's like, I feel better. And one of the yeah. things I do is because we're made for connection as, as humans and when I talk about in my self-care one-on-one course, I talk about spiritual self-care and I actually put social underneath that because everyone, some people can be religious and then be spiritual. Some people are both and people are spiritual and they're religious or they're not religious, whatever it may be. But essentially we're all here for connection. And so I'm talking about addiction. See, for me, addiction, I think it all comes down to the lack of connection. There's a limiting belief there, whether it's uh, needing this need to feel loved or, you know, cause it all comes back down to love and loving ourselves and being loved. 
And so they're seeking that in some way. Their, their, their addiction is a coping mechanism for a limiting belief they have that they're not good enough or they don't deserve love or they don't deserve connection because unfortunately, a lot of our limiting beliefs were set, in, not set in stone, but they were pretty much set in our brains by the time we're seven. From zero to seven, most of yeah, those yeah. are already instilled. So you're like, well, crap, I've got all this limiting beliefs I've had since I was like five. You can rewire it and do it, but just know it's not going to take, it's not going to happen in a day and it's not going to, and here's the thing. I feel like in a way we're all kind of addicts. We all have something, whether we're emotional eaters. Um, I was one of those that did the retail therapy. Every time my husband pissed me off, I'd go to my Amazon wishlist and I'd buy a shirt under $10. <laughs> I totally did. And then when I became aware of that and I do it to now, we'll get in a, we'll get in a fight and I'm all like, you know what? I'm going to go to my wish list, but what I'm going to do is I actually have a separate list that's actually, this is how I'm manifesting my book to be written, I'm, um, uh, that I'm kind of working on about spiritual self-care, is I will go look at outfits I want to wear on my book tour. Like, I will like, okay, well, or I'm going to go look on my vision board yeah. and think about other stuff and try to channel that. Earlier today, I actually found myself kind of relying on some old coping mechanisms. I had posted a photo and all of a sudden I could feel myself getting excited about all the likes and follows on. I'm like, oh, I got more followers and I got some more likes. I'm like, oh, okay. There's that limiting belief of looking to others for validation, which I won't get into, but was just kind of instilled in, in my mother growing up um, because she's that way. She's a people pleaser and a seeker. And so she instilled that in me. So that's something I'm constantly working on is getting rid of the people pleaser in me, learning to say no and, and being respectful of boundaries and time and respecting myself in that way. But yeah, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally, when my husband ticks me off, I totally buy something under 10 bucks, so it flies under the radar. And then it comes in when he's not here usually. So he doesn't even know I bought this new shirt or this new face mask I want to try or whatever it may be. Um, because we all have some sort of coping mechanism that is unhealthy. And unfortunately, those that are, you know, really, really rely on that addiction, whatever it may be, alcohol, food, drugs. I do. It's like they're all wanting to be loved. They're all wanting, they're all, yeah, they're, they're all, it's, they don't want to do what they're doing. It's a validation regardless of what it is. And, right. and it could be, and, and the interesting thing, especially when we talked about uh, Gary Bishop, you know, his discussions on these ones, he's very frank on like sort of the approach to it, which is sometimes it's kind of good as a bit of a punch in the face of like, yeah. You know, yeah, you, you want more, you want more love from your parents. Well, you get, get, no, no, you know, you're not going to get it. Uh, <laughs> but right. what do you, what do you actually want? You know, find right. it yourself, you know, and that's why I'm a, I'm a fan of stoicism in the, as a practice of like, kind of, I call it shaving off the edges, like let's get closer to a center line. So right. I, I, you know, if you get rid of the lows and you understand how to escape the, like some stuff is out of your control. So therefore I shouldn't get angered about the inability to, you know, when something happens, that's out of your control. You have to recognize and accept that it's out of your control. And then what do you do as a result of it? And that's what it's how you deal with it. Right. But at the same time, I also hate when somebody heaps praise because I'm like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. Cause I don't want that. I'm like, no, no, no. I, it's because that up means that I've got way farther to fall. Uh, just, you know, just to go to normal. Now I've got this, this plummet from this incredibly high feeling. So I do my best to actually stop people from saying good things because I don't want this <laughs> incredibly sort of heaped on praise for stuff that I just want to be like, it's good. All right. Are you happy with it? Excellent. Thank you. I'm glad. That's good. That's all I need to hear. Thank you. <laughs> just cool. You know, don't, 
don't go over and above that because That's interesting. That I've yeah. got, I've now got this big thing, but then what's funny. And I love this, you know, Kristen, you probably have like all these people and you tell them and you're like, I, this is how I deal with it. And they must be like, Oh, you're like one of those people that like, and like, no, when I'm, when I talk about stoicism as a practice and, and why it's good, people are like, that's so like scientific and like unemotional. I'm like, no, 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 no. In fact, it's the most emotionally <laughs> rewarding thing you can do because you're, you're, you're really recognizing when you're on a swing and that you can pull yourself back to center. And it's one of the most beautiful things. And that's why when I cycle and when, when I run, I listen to music because it's like relatively safe. I have one earphone in. Uh, when, I, when I cycle, I never, I have no headphones or no nothing. And people always ask me like, what do you listen to when you ride? I'm like, the sound of my pedals turning and <laughs> rubber on the road. And they're like, well, don't you get bored? I'm like, oh kid, if you could be in my head for six hours, trust me, boredom is not an issue. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I feel you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. People, what? uh, don't, uh, they don't understand how I can like, okay, so you're, you're working on this novel and you write 1500 words a day. That's your goal. And then you do this, you know, for whatever this time and this, and that, and they're just amazed. I'm all like, but if you just became aware of how much time you waste, on social media and you waste in a phone call or a conversation that's going nowhere. Like if you're in an argument or whatever, and you just keep repeating yourself and you're like, okay, you know, we need to take a break from that. When you start to become aware of that stuff or you become aware of what clears your mind, it's like you do kind of become an addict to it. I mean, I admit yeah. that I'm addicted to when it comes to the mind, you know, like um, when I found out that, you know, when they're doing scans of people, um, the same part of the brain lights up and scans, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, your brain does not know the difference. Pain is pain, which right. is why depression hurts, which is why anxiety, the way, if, way you feel like, oh my God, I'm dying. is because your, your, your brain doesn't know the difference. And so when I found that out, yeah, I was the annoying person. And I still preach about that when people talk about their pain and it helps, and they say, oh, it's all in your mind, you know, and they get upset. I'm like, no, there is science that says it really is all in your mind. That is not to shame people. That's to enlighten them and realize them of how much power and how much they need to trust themselves and know what they know. Like the idea of me cycling, that sounds terrible. That just sounds like, <laughs> exactly. you know, but I'm sure like kickboxing to you. I mean, I love to kickbox and I'm smashing things and flipping tires. You're probably like, you know, like, okay, I'm, whatever you may think I'm a gym rat or whatever that may be. Um, but whatever so, it is, it's finding that thing. And I, once in a while, my, yeah. also my favorite one that people always ask me like, Oh, you're like one of those fitness people. I'm like, you mean those people that don't want to die in their forties? Yeah. One of those ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, like I've, I'm genetically destined for like serious bodily issues, right? Like so my, my dad, I'm like living on borrowed time. My dad had a near fatal heart attack in his early forties. Uh, thankfully he's still alive today. Uh, thanks to good medicine. Uh, however, you know, uh, I, I had to suddenly adjust my lifestyle early in life to be ready so that I didn't let that occur. And it was both psychological and physical stuff. And, yeah. and it was, and it's wild that, you know, the hard part, and I see this all the time too, with, with, you know, especially weight management and, and health stuff and mindfulness is you just, when you're surrounding yourself with people, especially with social media, cause I've got a lot of friends who are like, you know, my Twitter friends are my friends. I've got all these people that I meet at events and, and we, we're, we're in the same community all the time. And, and you watch it, you watch them in the throes of a really negative moment. And you want to like, you want to like sort of pull them out. And I've tried sometimes. And then, and there's this weird, 
sort of an unfortunate acceptance of the fact that I can't and having to like, Hey, look, I I've offered, I've offered myself to be able to like, Hey, you know, uh, I know the, yeah, you're, you know, man, that thread is getting a little crazy. Uh, you good, you know, I, uh, you know, is there anything I can help with or, or you reckon? And so at some point, sometimes you're just like, the best I can do is put myself in front of that person and say, Hey, if you need help with something, you know, or can I like distract them into something else that's more positive, but it's, you know, uh, we, we all need a mind star. And uh, uh, so I'm excited by what we've got. I unfortunately have to get ready to catch a flight. Otherwise I would literally spend the rest of the day talking with you. Chris. <laughs> this has been phenomenal. Oh, well, good. I, I'm, I'm glad. I hope, I know that I, I know I get on tangents and I, I talk fast, but I hope that that just lets people know that if I'm passionate about this, that you can find something you're just as passionate about that you're going to ramble on about and you, you know, will take risk for and do things for. Um, and it's, and people hate when say the power of mindset, but when you start doing work on yourself, you'll be amazed. I mean, I surprised myself. I, I, I almost, I almost surprised myself like every day. Like, wow, I literally just did that. I met, I put it this way, uh, Deepak Chopra came here and, um, I was actually able at random actually by the universe, be able to go hear him speak front row. Wow. Very my cool. Friend, my friend had an extra ticket. I had, so my star, we have got some national attention. We went to the Forbes under 30 summit and we were, uh, um, um, invited to come as an exhibitor, um, which you have to apply for. And then they interview you. So it was pretty excited that we got to go. So I was getting ready for that. I just came home from another conference in Nebraska. I'm getting ready for, I got three days to prep for my thing in Detroit. My friend calls me and says, I have an extra ticket to Deepak Chopra tonight. I'm like, I didn't know he was in town. He's on my bucket list to meet. And so front row, I got to do that. And I got to be, he, he was right there in front of me and he led a meditation at the end. So I crossed that off my bucket list. Nice. And then I had the tenacity to give him my business card. I went and had the book cause he gave his book, met a human and you could do a signing. And I thought, Oh my God. I mean, I was, I thought I was dying. The anxiety was there. I could feel it all in my body. Like, okay, this is clearly anxiety cause I'm about ready to give somebody who has a lot of connections and you know, maybe he'll look at my card, maybe he'll throw it away, but here's this opportunity and I have to take this risk, even though I feel the fear and I can definitely feel my breath and, and taking that risk. So I hope people listen to this and realize that they can take some risks. They need to start taking more risk. Life is not meant to be mediocre. We only have one. We're meant to take risk, responsible risk, obviously. And we need to take that into consideration. But I did. I gave him my business card. My friend took a photo. And afterwards, I was like, I just surprised the hell out of myself. I cannot believe I had the tenacity to have him sign it, tell him, give, I had like 10 second pitch. And he took my business card and put it in his pocket. Like, nice. how does that happen? And I'm thinking, Kristen, if you can, if you can do that, if you can basically pitch to Deepak Chopra, which he was not, I'm sure, anticipating. He's like, who is this crazy lady? <laughs> that look at her, like, who does she think she is? Little does he know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope people take out of this that, you know, that they're not alone, that there are people out there trying to do good things. Um, yes, there's a money aspect of this, but I won't get into that. Um, but, I mean, the app is essentially going to be free. 
And then how we make this profitable is our healthcare marketplace. We're having healthcare professionals essentially advertise their services on the list so people can find healthcare professionals easier. So if they want to take their self-care to the next level. There's actually a healthcare marketplace there for them. Um, we want to keep this free and we want this for people to know that they deserve to be celebrated and that all minds um, deserve, deserve that. Um, no matter whatever state and we're all essentially one mind and it's our mental health and when we come at that that's when we can really make some change and we can start saving lives because self-care is how you save lives because at the end of the day we want to admit it or not it's how we take care of ourselves we have full responsibility of how we treat ourselves and how we treat others and so um, i hope people get that out of this conversation that we've had um, that they are realize that they can take some risk and that they deserve to take risks for their dreams. They deserve it. They're worthy of it. They are. And uh, thank you for sharing this. And thank you for all you're, you're doing. Uh, and one day when you're on stage and Deepak Chopra is the second <laughs> keynote, uh, he's going to say, wait a minute. I remember you. You gave wait, me your business card. The craziest lady that gave me the business You're the craziest <laughs> lady. Yeah, that, that is me. That is that. It'll be... Uh, those, yeah. the, the moment will come for you. Uh, I can assure you that, Kristen, and uh, it's earned and deserved. So uh, how do folks get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Uh, obviously, we can. We, we talked about the website. I'll put the links in the show notes as well. So if they want to make sure they go, they can go to mindstarapp.com. Uh, we've got lots of good stuff that's been coming up. If they want to reach out on social or, or contact, what's the best way for folks to, uh, folks to get a hold of you? Okay, so um, I am an, as I'm an open book. I'm, gonna be, I'm actually going to give one of my emails. I have several emails, but this is a, an email that's actually great if people have questions, if they want to talk a little bit more, if they're interested in, <laughs> they're crazy enough to make me their coach <laughs> in ah. self-care and they want to work on their limiting beliefs or, or even they want a suggestion for a good book. I'm always about doing what I can to give back. Because when you give back, uh, I, I believe it comes back to you tenfold. So um, on social media, Facebook and Instagram, it's at Mindstar app. Uh, of course, the website is mindstarapp.com. You can sign up for a weekly newsletter there. Um, and that can go right into your inbox. If you want to shoot me a little more personal question, which I understand, uh, mindstarhealth at gmail is actually um, a good email that you can actually reach me directly and you won't have to really go through a whole lot of people to get to me with that email. Um, that's not the one on my business cards, put it that way. So that's a good one. Um, if you, if you feel inclined to reach out, if I've inspired you, if you want to just an idea of a good book or, you know, or you want to get started on this and you don't know where to start, I can surely help guide people in the right direction. I don't know it all. Um, I'm not saying that at all. I'd really hate the word of saying that I'm an expert in anything of this nature. I, I just know I have enough knowledge that I can help people uh, to make themselves start feeling better because we all deserve to feel good. And if I, uh, well, thank you. Uh, you, uh, you are an inspiration. And, uh, and I wish you all the best. We will get in touch. We will stay in touch as we go through this and we watch the next part of the journey. Uh, yeah. And most importantly, tell people, take your damn vitamins. Uh, go, go, get that, go get that gummy. <laughs> if there's not a gummy vitamin somewhere in this app, I'm going to be angry. I'm coming for this. Somewhere in there, that top level reward, it better be a gummy vitamin. Maybe I need to get a vitamin company to sponsor or to I, sign up for, for you know, an offer like a coupon or something like that, essentially on the incentive side. And get should. The, they, I should. Uh, <laughs> it's, get a gummy company now to be on the it. app. 
next on the to-do list. Uh, excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And of course, for folks that want to, uh, to, to keep uh, in touch, uh, you can go to discopostypodcast.com. We're actually ramping up the site. Uh, we're gonna, we've just, I've just moved stuff over. Of course, it's on my blog. Uh, but please do go into iTunes and, and, and give us a rating uh, and a review. Every, every star rating is, is, a, is a bonus. Uh, if you like it, uh, five glorious stars is great. If you don't, be honest, uh, and please do reach out. You can always find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Disco Posse. DMs are open, so if you want to slide up into those DMs, I, I welcome all feedback. Uh, so, Kristen, thank you very much for spending the time and uh, looking forward to seeing what's coming up next for you and, and the team. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate this time. Thank you. Hey, everybody, it's time again. Grab a cup of joe and get your friends.